It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Rachel Campos Duffy. I'm David Asman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. Houthi rebels from Yemen escalate from drones to cruise missiles fired at U.S. warships in the Red Sea. Aren't they just doing Iran's bidding? In an ideal world, we would pick a couple of high-value targets in Yemen and go after them. And then, you know, tell the Iranians that if you don't knock this off, you know, we are going to look at targets in Iran. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. U.S. warships in the Red Sea are now deflecting cruise missiles being fired upon them and against commercial cargo ships by Houthi rebels based in Yemen. The rebel forces are loyal to Iran, funded and equipped by Iran, and are openly ready to follow Iran's orders. Iran has been making its proxies attack American interests at sea and on land in Syria and Iraq, injuring U.S. troops, and the U.S. response doesn't appear to be deterring them, as Israel's war against Iran-backed Hamas is in the background. This is, no doubt about it, a deeply troubling situation. Victoria Coates was Deputy National Security Advisor for President Trump. She's now with the Heritage Foundation. I think... As the events of Tuesday are unpacked, uh, as has been happening in recent hours, and, and we have the revelation that this was a 10-hour fight involving a number of attack drones, but also for the first time in this context, three ballistic missiles. And this is not a capability the Houthi can develop on their own uh, to, to actually produce and then fire a uh fire a ballistic missile at a ship, you need help from a nation state actor. And that, of course, is is the uh, 
is the Iranians. And we know they're on the ground. Uh, their so-called ambassador to the Houthi is a member of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. He is an officer in that foreign terrorist organization. So there can be no mistake about who these people are. And, and so you know, what's really troubling about this is they are the ones who are escalating. We haven't had an Ardley class destroyer like the Laboon uh, intercept ballistic missiles before. This is the first time. Uh, and they, they did it three times in a day at the cost to them of maybe $100,000, cost to us $5 million a pop. So that was $15 million right there in one day uh, that they were able to you know, extract from us. So while we didn't have any physical damage, the math is simply unsustainable over the long, over the long haul, and then they know that. So you know, the question is, what do you do about it? In an ideal world, we would pick a couple of high-value targets in Yemen and go after them, and then you know, tell the Iranians that if you don't knock this off, you know, we are going to look at targets in Iran, uh, and that can be our path where we're not sort of going nuclear. Uh, you know, at at the beginning, you're, just, you're harboring additional options down the road, but but they need to know that we're serious, and right now they don't think we are. When you say going nuclear, you're talking. Not just figuratively, are you? <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. Metaphorically, you're not yeah. going to your strongest your strongest response first. I understand that. And yeah. I understand the desire not to escalate, but but if you don't take a strong action uh, when they are escalating, then you know they're just going to keep going. They're going to feel emboldened. And these actions that we have been taking under the Biden administration and the current management at the Pentagon, for instance, this this has not been a strong action. I I think you would agree with that. Oh, absolutely. It's been almost exclusively defensive in nature. Uh, We are letting them fire on us. Uh, We had uh, the strike in Erbil in northern Iraq uh, over the weekend in which three of our our soldiers were, were hurt, one of them quite severely. That's the first time that's happened. Uh, but it's it's been inevitable since the middle of October when we've had more than 100 of these attacks. Eventually, they're going to get lucky and eventually they're going to get luckier than they did over the weekend. And if you respond by hitting unmanned facilities, uh, you know, you're you're not going to deter uh, that kind of opportunistic uh, effort. Uh, the attacks uh, in Erbil, for instance, and elsewhere in, in our, uh, our our bases in Syria and Iraq. Uh, These are connected to the Houthi attacks as well. These are all coming at the direction of Iran, uh, which has stated over the past couple of days that they were going to step up their attacks in the in light of of uh, what we assume is Israel killing Reza Mousavi, who is another terrorist mastermind uh, and part of uh, Iran's uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps. Um, This is it keeps ratcheting up. And and I guess the big concern for most Americans would be obviously knowing that Israel is involved in its wars now. But does the U.S. become involved in another foreign war? And is this along with the backdrop of Russia and then, of course, the Chinese threat of Taiwan? It's no longer hyperbolic to uh, to ask, is this World War Three unfolding? And, and you know, I think that's the big the big question most people have. Yeah, and unfortunately, it could be, you know, 2024 is shaping up to be a, a pretty sporty year. And and, and earlier this month, I, I had a piece at, at Fox News about how China is actually ultimately the the actor who's calling these shots, because both Russia and Iran are now financially pretty much dependent on China. 
And China is very happy to uh, accept all of their discounted energy streams as they become increasingly isolated from other customers. That's just fine with China. So they don't mind Russia and Iran behaving badly and being shunned by the international community because that secures their energy streams and you know, increases the dependency that Iran and, and Russia have on China. And so neither Iran nor Russia should be seen as independent actors at this point because they wouldn't in, be able to endanger that relationship. So we have to assume Beijing is at least tacitly signing off on all of this. And so you look at it from their perspective, you know, these additional additional entanglements and headaches for the United States, even though China will also suffer from having the shipping routes up through the Red Sea uh, in, held in danger, but will suffer much more. Uh, and they have signaled that they will do nothing to participate in any kind of security arrangement in that area. They're, that's of no interest to them. They are happy to let that disruption happen and let the Europeans and the Americans sort it out. Is this calculated by China or is this happenstance and they're they're sort of taking advantage of it? China has made no secret of wanting to assert itself as the global power militarily, economically. They're they're all too happy to see this happen. But is this the result of decades of plotting or is this them availing themselves of, of the current situation? I might I might embrace the and there. I yeah. think you know they are fundamentally opportunistic, but they do take a longer view than we do. Uh, they have that luxury not not having the trappings of democracy and you know human rights and freedom of speech and all those pesky things our constitution guarantees. Changes us. of administration as well, yeah, <laughs> and, which results in changes of administration. Right. Uh, so they they can kind of do both, but I think you know certainly Xi Jinping is a different kind of 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 leader for China. He is much more imperialistic, if you might say, uh, and determined to make good on you know his vow to reunite uh, Taiwan with mainland China. And apparently, he said this very straightforwardly to President Biden in their recent summit in, in San Francisco, that this is his intent. He would prefer to do it peacefully, but he's going to do it either way. And certainly, we're not seeing any signs of a strong pushback from Washington uh, that that's unacceptable to us. And so I think for Xi, you know, having the United States spend $15 million a day in the Red Sea, you know, battling against Houthi militants while it, you know, while they plan an attack on Taiwan, that's that's fine from their perspective. Our guest is Victoria Coach. She was Deputy National Security Advisor for President Trump. She's now with the Heritage Foundation. On the escalation by Houthi rebels against U.S. forces and commercial shipping in the Red Sea, all at the behest of Iran. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. I want to go back to the Houthi militants. There, there is there is Yemen, and then there are the Houthis. And I think a lot of people may not understand the difference between the two. But does the legitimate state government of, of Yemen bear any responsibility? The Houthis are independent of them. They, they, they wish that they were the ruling uh, class of, of, of Yemen. But is Yemen itself, do they bear any responsibility here? Beyond their inherent weakness and their inability to control the country, uh, you know, the Houthi are in, in control of a lot of the territory. They're in control of the capital. Uh, so so they really are the culpable force. And, you know, the the Emirati and Saudi effort against the Houthi became very unpopular in Washington, uh, first under President Obama and now again under President Biden. And, and he is President Biden has signaled that he will have he will not support 
uh, any efforts against the Houthi. He took the Houthi off the uh, the foreign terrorist organization list where the Trump administration had correctly placed them, having gone through the proper legal process to do so. And there was absolutely no explanation out of Secretary Blinken when he took that that action. He did not provide any justification for saying they weren't terrorists. They just did it. So, you know, they've been trying to be conciliatory and trying to appease the Houthi and their Iranian taskmasters going on three years now, but the results are not exactly encouraging. You mentioned the the difference uh, in policy or outlook uh, on the Houthis regarding the Trump administration versus the the Biden and, and Obama administrations. You were part and parcel of the Trump administration. Where would we be right now if... President Trump were still in office. I, it seems to me that even if we were in the midst of this conflict, the American response would be different. Right. And I mean, I don't want to say I have a crystal ball and I are a time machine. Uh, and it's it's awfully easy to do this in hindsight. Yeah. The world is a difficult, messy place. The only thing I can say with certainty is what didn't happen under the Trump administration. Putin did not invade Ukraine under President Trump. Right. Uh, so I think you can be reasonably confident that 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 would have remained the case in a second Trump term. And then in terms of the Iranians, I mean, the president was very clear. He did not, again, want to escalate. He didn't want conflict with Iran. But when they you know, started to be intolerable in their provocations, he took out Qasem Soleimani. And then we had well over a year of reasonably uh, reasonably benign is the wrong word, but, uh, you know, not as disruptive behavior over Iran. And they only started to act up again when the Biden people came in. And I guess finally, I'd just say on on Afghanistan, you know, the the experience I had with President Trump was going into al-Assad Air Base in Iraq in 2018 at Christmas. And I witnessed, you know, and discussed with him how important that base was. And I think had he gotten the recommendations that President Biden apparently got from uh, General McKenzie and General Austin, and apparently among others, that we retain Bagram Air Base outside of Kabul and stage anything out of there and keep our capabilities there, he would have understood that just in, intrinsically. That 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 would have been a very easy point to make with him. Whereas Biden apparently had no interest in it and and refused to do that, leading to so many of the problems we have today. Victoria Coates, VP with the Heritage Foundation, former Deputy National Security Advisor for the Trump administration. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Of course. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.